So, this evening, we're going to talk about ways of working with distracting thoughts. And, you know, for, for nearly all meditators, there are times when thoughts are very strong in the mind. And that makes it difficult to gather the mind into any kind of stability or to have clear attention about what's happening. In fact, uh, apparently, even the Bodhisattva, or the Buddha, before he was enlightened, uh, had to work with distracting thoughts in his meditation. So, we're in good company. I think it's important to note, first of all, that you can relate to and work with a mind like this. You know, a mind that's really thinking a lot. I often hear from people, actually, um, something along the lines of, oh, I don't meditate. You know, I, I tried it once, and my mind was just all over the place. I couldn't do it at all, so I, I can't do it. Very, very common to hear that. I have kind of two responses. The first is, did you expect to be able to play Beethoven perfectly the first time you sat down at the piano? (laughs) Meditation is a skill, and it takes practice, like anything, like any other skill. So of course you're not good at it the first time, whatever good at it means. (laughs) And then also second is that actually a mind that's thinking or that's busy is a a normal and possible state for the mind, right? Because you've had it. I'm guessing many of you have. I have. And uh, meditation is designed to work with any state of mind. There's nothing that's outside of what you can meditate with. So, sorry, no excuse. (laughs) But there there are techniques and you know, suggestions and the fact that there's a whole discourse um, specifically about this in the teachings of the Buddha I think suggests that this has been an issue for a while and so, you know, he knew that so I'm going to talk about a kind of a sequence that the Buddha recommends for working with a mind that's very busy thinking the idea is that you start with the first and if that's not enough, then you can go to one of the others. So the situation is that you're you're attempting to keep a certain object in mind, say the breath or the body, but uh, your mind is continually overwhelmed by thoughts that are not helpful, so like thoughts that are basically based in greed or, or ill will or delusion. And so examples of those would be and you know, it, does, it sounds dramatic to say it that way, but these could be very commonplace thoughts. You know, thoughts based in greed could be uh, what you're going to do tonight when you get home, and you really, really want to take that hot bath before you go to bed. And you're thinking about what kind of what flavor of bubble bath to choose, and you know, is the do the towels just get laundered so they're going to be really fresh? You know, this kind of thing is is a thought based in greed, it doesn't have to be dramatic. 
or thoughts based in ill will or hatred, you know, thoughts about worries about something that's going on and how you're going to get rid of it. You know, I've got this thing that's going on, how am I going to deal with that? I don't want it. Uh, if I do that, it's going to be expensive if I try to deal with it that way. This kind of nyan, nyan, nyan kind of thoughts. Delusion is about fantasy or very, a lot of thoughts about the self. How am I? What am I? What's going on with me? These kinds of things are said to be based in delusion. So just to give some examples of you know what kind of thoughts we're talking about. So you have something like this that's continually running in the mind, but your intention is to meditate. At least part of your mind is intending to meditate, the rest of it's thinking. So what to do? So it's generally recognized that this kind of thinking it's just not that, I mean, it's just not that fruitful. It's not like it's evil or bad or wrong. But, you know, you know from doing it that it's kind of tiring, actually. And at the very least, it's not really um, progressing your insight and wisdom and concentration. So the idea is maybe there's something that can be done to affect the mind. And so the first suggestion is to uh, redirect the mind to something that's more useful. So think in a more useful way. This is very gentle and benign. It says you're already thinking, why not think about something better? And so, you know, what's going on here? What's the point of this technique? Often uh, meditation objects are kind of neutral, generally, like the breath, you know, most people find the breath neutral or slightly pleasant, relaxing, or the body, like if you're working with, you know, body sensations, mostly they're pretty neutral. Um, So often uh, the mind, when it's thinking a lot, is because it's getting hooked on something that's just more interesting, you know? There's something juicier about thinking about tomorrow's lunch than thinking, than working with the breath. It's kind of boring, right? So the instruction is to replace distracting thoughts with other thoughts that are also juicy but are better. (laughs) And so... um, in fact, the um, and then the idea is that that's going to help the mind settle down and not keep running on itself, and then eventually you'll be able to go back to the more neutral, regular meditation object. Actually, the commentaries on this sutta are even um, specific about using a remedy that fits the kind of thinking you were doing. So, if you were thinking about um, greed related to an inanimate object like a donut, say. Um, the contemplation, the suggested remedy is impermanence, thinking about impermanence. That donut's not going to be that satisfying for that long. You know, the bath is only going to last for an hour, whatever it is. Just consider this. And then consider, you know, that it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just impermanent. Or if you're thinking about how annoyed you are with your supervisor, that's kind of a thought about facing ill will about another person. Then you'd redirect your mind to thinking about something that's actually good about that person. They do have good qualities, even if you're irritated with them right now. Um, they're not a bad person overall. There's something about them that is valuable. And so you redirect the mind to thinking about that in relation to them. You'll notice immediately that this is more calming, even if it's not something that you want to do, if you actually consciously think about a good quality of someone that you would otherwise 
arguing with in your mind, it's actually more useful. And there's a sort of nice images that go with each of these. And the image for this one is to remove a coarse peg by means of a fine peg. So we may not be carpenters, but you can get the idea that this, there's, there's a big, thick peg. You can kind of um, wedge it out of there by taking a smaller one around the outside until you can pop it out. And so we're replacing a grosser object, meditation, you know, thinking about something that's not wholesome with a finer object, thinking about something that is wholesome. You know, and then eventually you go back to the breath or whatever it is. This is actually a pretty good technique. Um, but, you know, it may not work every time. It may be that the mind is still, has so much energy, there's still energy left. So the second suggestion is if while in fact you're redirecting your mind, these other thoughts still keep coming, is that you contemplate the disadvantages of this other way, this, this less wholesome way of thinking. So you actually say, you know what, you know, I know that you really want to think this way, mind, but it's not helpful. And you consciously think about why it isn't helpful. So number one, it isn't helpful um, because everything that we're thinking about uh, creates a rut in the mind. Yeah. So there's another sutta that says, whatever we think and ponder upon frequently, that will become the character of the mind. It's not that complicated, actually, isn't it? You know, for example, that if you watch some horrible horror movie right before you go to bed, you might have dreams about that, or you might wake up thinking about that. Or similarly, if you have a long-standing habit of watching horror movies right before bed, you'll be more likely to think in those terms. You know, you'll start to create a mind that's like that. It's really quite conditioned in that way. And so you can contemplate, you know, if I sit here spending all my time thinking about fantasizing about something or other, what I'm doing is I'm reinforcing the tendency for my mind to fantasize. That's what I'm doing. It's getting deeper and deeper in that rut. Is that what I want? So, you know, this can actually be a useful contemplation, and the mind is likely to say, actually, not really. And you know, maybe that will add some strength to your intention to be with the breath or whatever else. And then really, um, this I'll give one more suggestion, but it doesn't work for all Westerners because we tend to be very self-critical. But another suggestion that the Buddha gives is that we consider that thoughts that are very distracted, especially if they're kind of based in uh, ill will or, or sex or something that's kind of coarse, um, that we consider that those thoughts are beneath us to have on the meditation cushion. You know, this is not, you know, this is, it's actually quite a noble intention to meditate. <laughs> the intention to sit and be quiet and develop tranquility. Incredibly beautiful and noble intention. Even if you don't think that way consciously, it really is. And so to have a mind that's obsessed with something else, you can say, this doesn't fit with my better intention. This is, the other end of the bell curve, and you know, it's not not what I want. So contemplation of disadvantages is actually useful. Notice that so far we haven't done anything except think. The mind's already thinking, so this is a way to use thought to improve your thoughts. It's not always that as soon as you're thinking you have to say, "Oh, bad! I have to go back to the breath." No, there's 
there are other methods and these, these techniques are designed to help the thinking mind regather itself and then being able to sit again. Okay, so the third, if that doesn't work, is um, sounds deceptively simple, but it is to stop paying attention to those thoughts. And you say, well, what? You know, I didn't want them anyway. How can I, I can't just consciously do that. But this is based in the notion that actually whatever we're thinking is coming from somewhere in the mind. Somewhere, actually, you are paying attention to those thoughts. And um, that's why they keep coming. And they, um, because somewhere they're being fed. And so it is possible that if we consciously say, no, I don't want to pay attention to those, um, then they may actually begin to diminish in strength. This is the notion of starving something in the mind. So if we're not feeding it, we're starving it. And eventually, if it's starved, it will eventually you know, lose energy. And that's a good, good thing to do with things that are not wholesome. The image for this one is of a person who has good eyes and they walk into, into a situation where they don't want to see something and they choose to either close their eyes or turn their head away. So you just choose not to look at you know, what is not useful. It's actually pretty good in that the, the notion is for the first two that you're kind of directly removing the thoughts and on this one you're just going to let them die on their own. It's like, okay, I wasn't able to engage in a way that helped to reduce them, so I'm not going to engage. If engaging doesn't work, stop engaging. Sometimes it works with people too, right? You realize that any more engagement is not working, so you need to take a break. Okay, so, but that may not work. The thoughts are still occurring. At this point, your mind is really thumbing its nose at you, by the way, but if you get to this one, um, the fourth suggestion, there are five, by the way, the fourth suggestion is to look for the cause of the thoughts and direct your stilling of the mind at that. So dig a little deeper, so actually do a little investigation And this is to understand, you know, maybe we don't adequately understand where these thoughts are coming from and that we need to, something needs to be done with that before they can stop. So um, we focus on seeing where the thoughts are being formed and then try to bring ease or relaxation to that. A common example of this is that um, thoughts are often recurring, persistent, annoying thoughts can be fueled by an emotion underneath. And if we're not aware of that emotion, we haven't acknowledged that properly, then they're like a factory, the the thought factory is just churning out more and more thoughts because we haven't seen the underlying emotion. And, you know, for example, um, planning thoughts, thoughts about um, a lot of anxiety about planning, I've already slipped in with the emotion, is what, you know, planning, planning, planning for tomorrow, often based in anxiety. Um, you're anxious about it. Did you notice that? And so bringing the mind to the feeling of anxiety, say, wow, that's really there. 
preferably in the body. I mean, really feeling it. You have to actually feel it, not just say, oh, I bet there's anxiety there. That doesn't work. So you feel into the anxiety, and then sometimes that is what wanted attention. And then you feel that, you bring some ease, and lo and behold, you're not planning anymore because you're dealing with the source. You're dealing with why you were thinking about planning. And then eventually that can relax and go back to the meditation object. Yeah. These things just want to be seen. So the um, the image for this is of a person who's walking quickly, and then it, the thought occurs to them: Why am I walking quickly? Why don't I walk slowly? So they walk slowly, and then it occurs to them: Why am I walking? Why don't I stand? So they're standing, and they say: Why am I standing? Why don't I sit? And then once they sit, they say, why sit? I'm going to lie down. So this is replacing a grosser posture with a finer one. And in the same way, we replace you know, surface-level thoughts by going deeper and stilling that, and the mind gets more refined and we're able to settle again. Okay, so the, those first four are really the domain to work in. And I'm going to talk more after this about sort of the strategy of using these different techniques. The fifth one is hard to understand the way it's written, um, but in the interest of accuracy, I'll pass along that the fifth one is said to be crush mind with mind. And it has a disturbing image, actually, of a strong man grabbing a weak man and beating him down. So I don't, I don't think this is such a helpful image. Um, but as I've, you know, I've tried to understand this and, you know, why is this written? This is the last resort, by the way. It doesn't go any farther than this. Um, and my sense is that what's, what's being suggested is that um, at this point, you don't know what's going on. You don't know why the mind is continuing to act out. And so it's the equivalent of saying, enough, enough. Notice how quiet it is after I say that, right? And so this is like, um, you know, like maybe a child that's, um, don't do the hitting, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's testing the boundaries, acting out, um, You've tried everything, you've tried, they're in the backseat complaining, you've explained it's going to be another 20 minutes till we get there, you've tried singing a song, you've tried saying now, now, you know, don't do it that way, etc. And finally, um, you know, you realize that they're just pushing on you and you just say, stop. And often, you know, it can work. So, if nothing else works, the mind might respond to a command. I don't recommend getting to that one. Um, so let's talk about the skill in using this voice. You know, there's these four suggestions that are pretty good to work with. Redirect to a wholesome object. Contemplate the disadvantages. Stop paying attention to those distracting thoughts. And look for the cause and still that. Those are the main ones. So. The first 
challenge, the first sort of unwise way that we could work with this list, um, is that because we know there are five options, we could be a little bit half-hearted, because, you know, we got a lot of options. So, um, you know, the mind is thinking a lot, and you say, oh, okay, I'll try redirecting to a wholesome object. That's the first one. And you sort of half-heartedly try to think about something else, and after about 30 seconds you say, well, that's not working. I think I'll go along to the second one. Kind of, you know, because you know you've got a, a list. Actually, it's guaranteed that the first one, that, that, that none of them will work if you don't actually try them. <laughs> so you have to really believe this first option is my only option. This is it. Um, we're going to redirect. And um, do it wholeheartedly. Do it for a while. See if it works. Be sincere. Insincerity isn't going to help. So... You know, if you do this, pretty soon you're going to find yourself crushing mind with mind every third time because you just go through the list. So I'm advocating, um, you know, taking it seriously and and, uh, doing it fully and for a little while so that there's a chance for the thoughts to fade out. Usually thoughts like this kind of have momentum. So, you know, you might have to do it for a while. I also think it's okay, though, even though they're presented as a sequence in the sutta, I think it's okay not to do them in sequence. So, for example, you may find that in your own mind, one of these is kind of easier to do. You're, you're just naturally skilled at it somehow. Great. You know, use that one first. Um, discover that that one works for you 80% of the time. Why, you know, why not just do that right away? Um, However, it is nice to keep the rest of the list in mind because you don't want to become kind of a one-trick pony in terms of how you deal with thoughts. Because actually, distracting thoughts are not always the same thing. They're not always coming from the same source. The conditions are different. So um, you can remember that you can remember all of them. But you know, go to your first one. You know, just as an example, actually the fourth one is the easiest for me. It's to um, uh, and I don't even do it very verbally. That's the one where you look for the source and use that. I kind of feel thoughts um, when I notice I'm thinking a lot. I tend to kind of feel it into it energetically and try to actually just relax the energy without engaging the thoughts. So maybe I'm kind of combining with number three, you know, I'm engaging. Um, and that actually is my method of choice and it works pretty well. Not always, so I know some of these other ones also. It does have some disadvantages in that uh, I don't always get a lot of information from, you know, if I just ignore the thought and go straight to the feeling of the energy and try to relax that. I don't always learn, oh, I have a lot of ill will in my mind right now, that's what the thoughts are about, because I've just kind of bypassed the content. So if I wanted to do actual vipassana practice and be learning more about causes and conditions and what's going on in my mind, it can be useful for me to do more, you know, a a different kind of practice first, or or if this one doesn't work, so see how it goes for you the idea of this list actually I think those first four is to um, use them to learn about your mind you know what works for me what's the um, best way for me to engage with distracting thoughts and then I'll I'll just say one more thing to to wind up and then we'll have a chance to what? sit (laughs) and um and that is that if you are having a lot of these thoughts and are 
have chosen to work with some of these techniques, or maybe you'll even discover other ones. Um, don't worry that you're, while you're doing that, you are wearing these ruts deeper and deeper, those ruts that I talked about. As soon as you're actually working with distracting thoughts as an object of meditation, and it becomes something that you're engaged with and trying to um, work with skillfully, that's already actually meditation. You're not, um, you're not digging those ruts deeper and deeper. So I guess this is just saying, don't worry. You know, you don't, your mind doesn't need to stop thinking those thoughts in order for you to not be digging the hole deeper. So just doing these techniques, you're already out. You're already being mindful of them and you're not uh, creating that karma. Okay, so I think what we'll do is, um, I'm actually just going to stop here and we'll sit. And when I ring the bell, then we can have some discussion or questions. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.